Hello, everyone. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast, where every week, Jeff Glover and his coaches will dive deep into questions that you are asking. They understand the challenges you are facing on a day-to-day basis and still work every day on the front lines of real estate, with Jeff and his team closing over a 1,000 homes per year. In today's episode, we're joined by a brilliant panel of leaders in real estate and banking, Sandro Danello, Stephen Foss, Jason Gessing, and Mark King. These industry insiders are perched in different areas of real estate, and each brings an amazing and insightful perspective about the market and where this industry is going. Now, let's hear from Jeff. This particular panel we put together because over the last several years, there's been a lot of noise uh, in the market about, you know, uh, the brokerage industry and what each broker believes is happening and, and how they're responding to it. And, you know, it's very confusing, actually, right? You know, you can spend 20, 30 minutes on Facebook in a Facebook group, and one, one guy or gal says this, the other guy or gal says this, we don't know what to believe. So when we put this group together, we said, I want the most credible people in their field on our stage. I want to hear from them and ask them some pretty tough questions so that way we can make our decision of what we need to do to modify our business or ways that we do business moving forward. And so this particular group is dynamic in that we've got two presidents of essentially, you know, first of all, the largest real estate company the planet has ever seen. We've got a president of probably what would be considered one of the fastest growing companies in the United States. And we've got a a CEO who knows banking inside and out and mortgages inside and out. And of course, one of the largest franchise owners in the Midwest of their particular brand. And so if you would please join me in welcoming the following to the stage, Mr. Sancho Danello, Steve Faze, Jason Gessing, and Mark King. Come on up, guys. Welcome. So we are going to start with um, Sandro, if that's okay with you. So um, Sandro is the CEO of Flagstar Bank, and I'm going to let you take it from here, just a little bit about your background. It was important, just so the audience knows, we wanted to have someone from banking and mortgage up here because ultimately, if you didn't connect the dots from Dr. Yoon's presentation of what's happening in the industry, everything went back to what's happening in banking, what's happening in treasury, what's happening in mortgage. And that fits so perfectly with this next group because some people would say, well, wait a minute, this is a real estate sales and business conference. Why would you have the CEO of a a large bank up on here? Well, I think now you have connected those dots. So, Sandro, if you could just take us back to the beginning. Well, Flagstar, first of all, is a 30, well, thank you, Jeff, for the invite. Uh, This is fantastic. Congratulations to what you've built here. It's amazing. Uh, Flagstar is a $30 billion bank headquartered in Troy, Michigan. We have banking operations in the Great Lakes states and also in California. But what probably is more interesting to you is we're one of the largest bank originators of mortgages in the country. There's only five banks in the U.S. that make uh, more mortgages than Flagstar does, and they're the big, big banks like Chase and Bank of America and companies like that. So we're, uh, we're a small guy, uh, but, but doing a lot of mortgage business. So the, right now we're doing four or five billion dollars of mortgages a month, and it's uh, about 50% of the revenue of our company. I've been with the organization now for 42 years. I was employee number 50 when I joined the company. So I've seen- Employee number 50. Yeah, yeah, we've had about close to 6,000 today. So it's been an interesting ride, a lot of ups and downs, Uh, but I've been around the real estate business my whole career. I started as a bank examiner, became an appraisal specialist for the FDIC, uh, lasted there three years, and uh, some of us were talking about, you know, ambition and motivation. There was no ambition or motivation when you work for the government, so I left there, <laughs> got into the demotivation banking business. So uh, I've done a lot of appraisals in my career, early in my career, residential and commercial. I wouldn't say that too loud in this room. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, but I can appreciate the problems that are out there today with appraisals. It's it's fundamentally. I mean, you don't probably want to talk about that today, but there's fundamental issues with what is required in valuing a property and what's happening in the marketplace when the market moves this quickly. You guys all know that. It's just difficult. That's why there's so many cash deals happening, right? So, 
So I'm happy to be here, and, and I know Jeff's going to grill me, uh, so I'm ready, Jeff. Hit, hit, hit me. <laughs> no, I, I do want to know, and I think it's, it's, it's fascinating anytime we get to go to any sort of real estate conference to find out someone's background and how they started in one and then got to the level of CEO or president. So can you share with us, that wasn't necessarily, I know that's easy for you to talk about, but it wasn't necessarily something that we said, all right, this is something I'm going to hit you with, because I knew it would be something you'd be willing to talk about. So. And from a professional development standpoint, yeah. how did you get the opportunity to be the CEO of a company that large? Well, look, I think if you, uh, you, know, if you are really ambitious, um, what, I, what I've told people over the years, and I learned this from a professor in college, you know, look to your right, look to your left. Um, if the three of you are competing for the same position, are you going to be picked? Are you sure that you're going to be the one picked? And if you're not, then you better do something. You better change. And I think... That's where the intensity came in my life was I was always going to win. Um, I was going to do it the right way, but I was always going to win. So it's, if uh, we have any good to great fans out there, the Jim Collins book, then you know what I'm talking about. It's a combination of intensity and humility. And if you, if you are patient with that approach, I think over time people understand how sincere you are and how true you are to what you, what you preach. And I think that opens doors for you. So in my case, you know, my opportunity was in a small company to, to show that, that I had the interest and ability to take this little company into, you know, a different stratosphere. And it started out with taking the, I joined the company in 79. We took the company public in 84. In 94, we combined with another bank. Um, I had become president in 93, combined for, with another bank. That's, we were a, a billion dollar company at the time and uh, became one of the largest mortgage uh, businesses in the country and uh, grew a little banking franchise that was pretty successful and then became CEO in 2013. And uh, so, you know, it's, uh, there's a lot of things in between there, but, but, it, but it's all grounded in that willingness to be in, intense each and every day. You never, ever leave anything on the table. And, uh, and you know, people ask me about stress you know, when you have a company that's got, you know, several billion dollars of revenue every year, you know, and, and, and institutional shareholders, and I'm like, that word is not in my vocabulary because I know that I'm doing everything I can every day. I never, ever leave anything out there. That I, I give it every day, and when I'm done at the end of the day, if that ain't enough, then I'm sorry. Too bad. And, and next day I do it again, and been doing that for my, you know, 46 years. Before banking, what were you doing? I drank a lot of beer. <laughs> no, look, I was, you know, I got into banking when I was 24 years old, so seriously, you know, I mean, I was just having fun. But, yeah. but that was the point in my life where I said, I'm going a different direction than my buddies, honestly, right? The buddies kept drinking, and I, you know, got into a career. I started to build a career. Yeah, love and, that. And I don't care what it was, banking, real estate, um, car business, I don't care what it is, everything I've just said works. Yeah, yep. including the beer. Yep. <laughs> Talk to us about your current, your thoughts on the current state of the industry as a whole relating to mortgage banking and real estate, your, your thoughts on the industry. Yeah, I mean, this is uncharted territory. You know, I mentioned a lot of ups and downs over the years. You know, you have traditional economic ups and downs that are created by you know, monetary policy and just inflation and so forth. There's no playbook. I'm sure these guys would all agree. There's no playbook to deal with what we're dealing with today. And, but my, my philosophy on life still applies. And that is always be prepared for the worst thing that might happen. And if you're prepared for the worst thing that might happen, if it doesn't happen, you're way ahead of everybody else. And if it does happen, you're going to survive. And that's, you know, that's advice that I would give anybody anytime. So we're in a state of flux right now. You know, we, we had the pandemic hit. We went into somewhat of a recession, um, a weird recession, because a lot of us were still were making more money than we ever had. I mean, our company had its best year by far in 2020. I mean, it was intense, but we had our best year ever. And now, you know, we're coming down just a little bit in terms of the growth spurt. You haven't really seen that in real estate, but just generally in the economy. 
But we're still strong, and this economy is going to be strong for the foreseeable future. Maybe not as strong as it was over the last 12 months, but it's going to be strong. And you're in an industry where interest rates are going to remain low for a long time. I mean, might a fixed rate mortgage be 2.5% versus 3.5%? But Jesus, my first mortgage was 10 and a quarter percent. And I still was buying a house. That was the American dream, right? So it didn't matter to me that I had to pay 10 and a quarter. What mattered to me was what's the payment and what house can I afford? Because I was going to buy a freaking house, right? Yep. Right? So that's always going to be the case. And people will adjust. So over time, you will see rates go up. But I think, I think we're in a long-term period of historically low rates. I think so, too. The pandemic obviously changed the way we do business in many ways. Um, in your perspective, how did it change the way your organization operates? And in your mind, how has it changed the real estate and mortgage industry potentially for the good? Well, I think it's, you know, in every industry, I think it's advanced um, our, our ability to do things remotely at least 10 years. Um, you know, we, we are a pretty progressive company in terms of of uh, having remote employees, all of our underwriters before the pandemic were, were working at home all over the country. Um, now we see that there's more positions in our organization that can be remote. But I'm not one that believes that we can be remote the way we have been for the last 16, 17 months. I still believe that there needs to be human contact. And that's why I, I believe if you were to ask me, you know, what's going to happen to Real, realtors and mortgage experts, they're going to always be there because fundamentally people want to deal with people. And so while I do think that the pandemic ha has an impact that, that will make doing business uh, a little easier, and I still think that as time goes by and this pandemic gets behind us, we'll begin to revert back to the way things were in many, many ways. So we'll take the good that came out of this and advance it. And the, and, and the good that we used to have and reacquaint ourselves with that. Thank you. Uh, what should we be concerned about right now in the industry? When you think about mortgage banking, banking in general, real estate, yeah. what, are, what, are, what, is, what are you concerned about? What is Flagstar concerned about? What should we be paying attention to? Uh, well, you know, you gotta keep yourself relevant. And, uh, but this is nothing different than, than ever with competing. You got to stay a step ahead of the next company, the next person. I think that's extremely important right now. I don't think we should be afraid of technology. Um, you know, I think I can compete with, with those companies that are all direct to consumer. We have a good direct to consumer business too. So figure out a way to take advantage of the uncertainties that are out there. Every time there's something difficult, that creates an opportunity. The people that take advantage of that opportunity are going to win. The people that mope around about the opportunity will lose. And th this is no different. There are opportunities here that you can take advantage of. So when it comes to technology, when it comes to worrying about Zillow and all those other things, how can you take what they do that people like, combine it with what you do to make yourself better than them? It's, it's always about making yourself better. It's going back to looking to the left, looking to the right, right? Look at that company to the left or that agent on the left, the one on the right. Are you the one that the customer is going to pick? If you can't answer that yes, then you got to change something. Love that. Thank you. A um, couple more and then we'll move on. What do you think will change in the industry, whether it's real estate or mortgage, in the next two, three years? What do you, what do you think you'll... We'll see. Yeah, so you're not going to like the way I'm going to answer this because I never predict anything, right? People want to know what's going to happen to interest rates, what's going to happen to property values, what's going to happen to technology. I'm going to go back to what I said earlier because I think it's really important. <coughs> think about what you think could be the worst thing that could happen for you in your business and protect yourself against that. Um, now, personally, I told you, I think rates are going to stay low. But what if I'm wrong? about that. Am I prepared for that? We are at Flagstar. You know, we're a public company. When I, every quarter when I talk to our analysts, these are people that have a, a lot of impact on how investors view our stock, and they're really not the smartest people on the planet. 
But I have to do, this isn't public, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> but, it's just live streamed but, to several hundred thousand people. No, kidding. But what I try to get them to understand is, Flagstar is going to be successful no matter what's going on in the economy. So go back two years ago when the mortgage business was dead, real estate was tough, we were still getting returns way above the average financial institution. Today, we continue to get returns way above the average financial institution. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to figure out, no matter what's going on, how we're going to be successful. And, and so I don't worry about the future. I, 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 we build this company with the best people. At the end of the day, that's what matters. It's the people. It's not the technology. It's the people. Because the right people will figure out how to make technology work for them so that they're successful. Technology is not going to win. People are going to win. Love that. Thank you. Last question I have for you, Sandro. You've been around the industry for, as we heard, your entire life, basically. You've worked with mortgage bankers. You've worked with tellers. You've worked with managers. You've worked, obviously, analysts. Realtors. Realtors. What can we do to compete at a higher level, in your opinion, based on what you observe in the real estate industry? Well, service, I think, is, uh, is the key to success. And um, you have to be there 24-7. Uh, I don't care if you're CEO of a bank or you're running a mortgage business or you're a mortgage originator or a, or a realtor. You have to be there when the people that you serve need you 24-7. If you make that commitment, that will put you in the position where you're the one that's going to be selected. And, and that, at the end of the day, is what wins. It's all about service. I totally believe that. When, when we have customers, commercial customers, that threaten to go to somewhere else because they can get a lower rate, I say go. If you don't value the service we bring to you, then go. Give that a try. They usually come back because service matters. Awesome. Thank you for that. Steve, let's shift gears. Tell us who you are. Let us know. Uh, obviously, I know you've been, been around the industry for a long time as well. You've got one of the largest uh, Berkshire Hathaway franchises in the Midwest. Share with us. Well, first of all, Jeff, I want to thank you for inviting me out here. Mm -hmm. And I want to give your audience here just a shout out. Thank you so much for taking the time to come out here to learn and to grow. I know there's a ton of people scared. I know that there's a ton of people sitting home not sure what's going on. So you guys out here working hard, being here, I mean, it's, it's just truly amazing. And just one thing, make sure that you, you, you take something and you actually do it. You can be honest with yourself. Take it home and work on it and get it done. So I'm, my name's Steve Face II. I'm the uh, president of Brookshire Hathaway Home Services, uh, Michigan Real Estate, Northern Indiana Real Estate, Tommy Range Realtors, and Executive Real Estate. So we're in Michigan and Indiana. Um, and like you said, how many agents? Uh, we have just over a thousand, and we 1, have about uh, 40, 48 offices. 48 offices, yep. over a thousand agents. And how much uh, volume did you guys do in the last last year? What we're about like 3.1, 3.2 billion. 3.2 billion volume. Yep. Awesome. Right here in Michigan and Northern Indiana. Michigan and Northern Indiana. Yeah, just over, just under 14,000 units last year. Yep. And you've been around the industry your whole life, Jeff. I was born on a closing table. <laughs> I, I think I was. Yeah, so my, my grandpa started the company in the 50s. My dad took it over in the 70s, and I took it over in you know, late 2000s. So. Got it. <clears throat> Love it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you. All right, so let's, let's dig in here. So talk to me about your thoughts on the current state of the industry. Oh, that's a great question. Well, one thing, if you're not having the best real estate career year of your life last year and this year, we got a problem, right? Yep, yep. I mean, we are in an unbelievable spot. Mm. Are we taking the opportunity, seizing the opportunity to be able to continue to grow our business and provide for our families? Like, yep. who would have thought something happened that was very tragic, and my heart goes out for all of those that have suffered through it, for sure, but it wasn't the real estate industry, for once. Yeah. I mean, it's just totally amazing. Yep. Um, your thoughts on, uh, obviously, we learned a lot through the pandemic, and, and through the pandemic, there was a lot of new technology that came out, different ways of doing business. What are your thoughts on the current state of, say, technology versus relationship right now? Well, I think 
both are very important, but I'm gonna double down every day on relationship. Mm -hmm. This is a relationship business. When's the last time a computer, a computer bought a house, Jeff? Yep. Have you gone to a listing appointment with a computer? I don't even take a, a laptop to my appointments. Yeah, but you didn't actually do a listing appointment with a computer. You did it with a person, right? right. Yep. And you walk in there, you look great, you have your scripts and, and everything yep. dialed in, yep. and guess what? You get the listing appointment, right? That's right. So I think relationship is huge, and within that relationship, you can really build you know, customer service yeah. and that experience that the client wants. Now, you gotta use technology, because you bring your computer in there, I mean, our databases, how are we marketing? Technology is unbelievably important. But without the relationship of you working with that client and becoming their realtor for life, um, you know, you're gonna just be cold calling all day or whatever you yep. do to get your leads. Becoming the realtor for life, in your mind, what are, what are some ways that, that agents could do that? Well, this kind of goes with the core of, of everything, I think. Um, you have to differentiate yourself from the competitors, from everybody. The, I think the biggest hurt on our industry is that, oh, he's a realtor, or she's a realtor, or they're a realtor. Yes, but we're not all the same, right? Do you guys market the same? Who, who doesn't market? Because there's a lot of, you know, that happens. But you have to differentiate yourselves. Our companies, our brokerages, and then you as individuals. I mean, it's the biggest race to the bottom if the consumer thinks we're the same. We can't be the same. We have to be exceptional. We have to be the best out there. We have to be coming to events like this and getting coached from whoever it is to be the best. And we have to, you know, again, I'm gonna say it a million times. If we can go out there and love and serve others, build relationships and differentiate ourselves from other people, from, from our competitors or our, our coworkers, the other companies out there, we, we will win. Yeah. When we had our, our uh, call leading up to this, you were talking a lot about, and almost passionate about, coaching and mentors. Can you talk a little bit about that? Jeff, it's hard to be passionate when you're sitting in a, in a bar stool in front of, you know. Like, um, yes, so my, you know, in my career, I would be nowhere without great mentors and coaches. Mm -hmm. I'd be no, I'd still be drinking beer. Um, you know what, that was gonna be my answer too, because that's what I did pretty much before real estate. Um, but, I mean, it, I don't drink anymore actually, because of that, you know? Um, so I had to turn all that nervous energy into something, I turned it into a real estate career. Um, but yeah, I mean, so, yeah, thanks. So importantly, guys, you can't, you can do anything you want, right? Who believes that? Everyone's yeah, everyone better up. believe it, right? You better believe you can do anything you want. It's how bad you want it, and you know how to get there. Um, Matt, right, did his... Matt Sutter, yep. Yep, did his little thing. The formula, live unreal Got formula. the formula, and it's live unreal. It's so great. Do you guys, you know, hope you spend time on the formula, but I, all I know is my success is because of the people I surrounded myself with, the willingness to listen, the willingness to get real and to own my mistakes and flaws and failures, that's why I'm here. I would not be here if I couldn't admit and own my, my issues in life. I'm gonna be here. Instead, I'm honored enough to, to be with all these amazing agents. Um, so find a coach, find a mentor, listen to them. Own your mistakes and weaknesses. God gave them to you for a reason. Exploit that. Um, and again, just go out there and every day, if you can love and serve others to the fullest extent, you'll change your life. You'll change other people's lives. You'll change the world. And that's why I think we're called to do as realtors, change the world for the good. Awesome. Love that. Passion. Thank you. Well, All right, shifting gears that's again. That's sitting down passion, too. So, <laughs> Jason, thank you for joining us. Honored to be here. So uh, if you could, give us a little bit about your background, um, you know, what you did before real estate, how you got involved in real estate, and how you landed in your current role. Yeah, so uh, first of all, Jason Guessing, I was born in Boston, Massachusetts, grew up in a... Uh, small mill city about 28 miles north called Lawrence. I was raised by my mother, never met my dad. Uh, oddly enough, the internet taught me that he's actually in real estate, which is a weird thing. I always thought he was like an <laughs> No, he's not EXP. He's not, he's not EXP, so. <laughs> Clearly, it will continue to be a strained relationship, but, uh, um, but you know, I, you know I, 
I think uh, growing up with just your mom, you know, there's this, and I'm sure I'm not the only person in the room that knows this. I mean, you know, there's sort of this sense that you've, you've really got to start at an early age to make contributions. You know, my kids today, I have two boys. I mean, they never go to a department store with any, either one of us. They never have to suffer through all that stuff. They, so when you're, when you're you know, only child of a single parent. Uh, so I've been working ever since I was 14. I worked on the back of a trash truck. Uh, I worked on uh, an asphalt crew, landscaping. Uh, delivered kegs of beer my senior year of college. Uh, great money in that, especially you get around 11, 12 p.m. Um, and I'm noticing a trend here, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, uh, after college, I, I went to, uh, I took my first job, which was uh, really like a, just a, a great field trip. I was working 16 or 17 hour days, uh, working with somebody. And then um, I always loved real estate. I went to law school at Boston College Law School. I won't tell you why I went. It was not you know, the most noble reason, but um, it, you know, it did prepare me well for, for, for what I'm even doing now. Uh, I practiced for the better part of 10 years. I uh, was a transactional lawyer, so uh, uh, land use, zoning, commercial leasing, conveyancing, um, all, all the dirt stuff, and yep. uh, some residential conveyancing too. And I just remember the moment for me was when I was at the closing table and I'm, you know, Massachusetts is an attorney state, so you're stamping this doc, you're putting it over here, you're taking this one, you're going to the window. I mean, you gotta keep track of a lot of stuff, which is not my strength. And I, I'm, I got a stack of papers this high and I'm looking over at the agent and he's got one piece of paper and it's an invoice for about three times as much as I'm about to make. And I said, I'm, I'm in the wrong chair. You know? <laughs> so um, I, I obtained my broker's license in is Massachusetts. That why, is that why attorneys are so mean to us? <laughs> well. I'm in recovery now, I, uh, <laughs> but I, I will say, um, uh, so I, I had my license, I got my managing broker's license in Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Maine in 2002, uh, and um, really for me, I, I was also not a very good lawyer, but I also a very unhappy lawyer, and a lot of it was because I felt isolated all the time, you know, your clients don't want to talk to you because they're, you know, getting billed on six-minute increments, I mean, who wants to talk to somebody that's charging them, right? <laughs> yeah. So. Um, it was very, very isolating for me, and it drove me nuts, and I, I desperately wanted a way out, and until I could find a way out, real estate was my answer to maintain sanity. So I would, uh, you know, take friends and family first, uh, you know, and, and sneak out of the office and show properties and close deals, and it just sort of kept some balance in my life. I then uh, started my own independent brokerage. We got up to about 17 agents. Um, you know, but, you know, clearly there's a limit as to how big you're gonna get when you're independent in one jurisdiction. Uh, and then there was a company back in 2009, uh, realestate.com, which was a, a, a subsidiary of LendingTree, and they were really the first company, at least that I was aware of, to come along and invest heavily in the online lead gen coupled with the warm telephone transfer. I mean, the agents were making horrible money as a result. You'd be 30, 30% on the deal. Uh, but they invested like $100 million in, in the infrastructure for that um, and ultimately went out of business. But uh, I, I knew, uh, got to know the uh, regional broker uh, for that company, and it was through uh, that relationship that I was introduced to Glenn Sanford back in January 2010. Uh, discovered myself as an avatar for the first time. We had about uh, 30 agents. Uh, we were in about five states, and I've been uh, with Glenn ever since. I, I, uh, my first paid role, you want me to keep going? Or am I running out no, of time? No, we're good. Uh, my, my, yep. my, first, my first paid role, uh, you know, and I will say, uh, you know, transparent about this, my, my wife is also a lawyer. And I, I got out, said, I'm joining EFP. She wasn't working at the time, she was raising the kids. We actually applied for public assistance uh, at one point early on in the days of EXP, you know, and so you really gotta believe in what you're doing to stick with it. Uh, and I did, and uh, learned a lot about myself along the way, learned that I can, I can sell things if I believe in them, and uh, if they're different and they excite me. And I've really, in some respects, been doing that ever since. I became, uh, I was, uh, I'm on the board of World Holdings, uh, have been since we went public in 2013. Um, and uh, have been in this role twice, uh, once from 16 to 18, and then again from 19 uh, till now. And uh, it's just been an absolute joy. Perfect. And uh, I know there are some EXP people here somewhere, but these lights are so bright. But, um, sorry, and, and uh, thank you, Jeff. Uh, you know, I, I hear about abundant thinking all the time. The fact that I'm here, I, I really appreciate it. So. Yeah, appreciate you saying that and sharing your story with us. So um, share with us your thoughts on the current state of the real estate industry in, and put yourself in the shoes of a realtor. What should I be concerned about in, in the state of the industry today? Yeah, I mean, so obviously, you know, I defer to Dr. Yoon on, on anything with respect to activity, but anecdotally, we're hearing that there is now maybe some slowdown in, in, uh, uh, in, in the pace of accelerated pricing, that there is maybe a little bit of an uptick in inventory in some markets, but I mean, the market is still, uh, 
uh, incredibly hot, um, you know, an enormous shortage of single-family homes. Uh, new construction is a little bit challenging with supply issues. Um, you know, and, and at the same time, you, you got you know, five million, six million, however many million, you know, single-family homes that, that need to be uh, put back into the market that aren't there now. So, uh, obviously, it's tight. I think, um, you know, there's a bit of a new normal now, uh, you know, as a result of the pandemic, and I think it's one that impacts both consumers as well uh, as, as agents. On the consumer side, you know, now there's this expectation, if it wasn't there already, that you're, you know, you're going to be able to see properties more simply, safely, uh, more quickly. Um, and I think that that will continue to be the expectation. And so how do you how do you meet that expectation? I know for us, um, you know, we we have uh, first of all, I should say our, our entire uh, platform, our office, if you will, across 50 states and now 16 countries uh, is is in a platform that we own, that our agents own because our agents are shareholders of the company. So I actually think our investors are the smartest people on the planet. But investors, I, said, I was talking about analysts. Oh, OK. All right. No, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. Um, uh, so, uh, where was I? I, I mean, but uh, just state yeah. of the industry, and, yeah. and it, you're, it's uh, a good segue I, to technology versus relationship. I, I think the the big thing that, that I'm noticing, we were talking about it, Steve, uh, before this, is that you know sort of the migration to second home markets on a permanent basis. Yeah. And uh, I mean that that's that's incredible to me uh, to see that happening. I think that will continue to happen, and I think you know people that are moving from urban areas to more outlying areas. Uh, and are doing so on a permanent basis. I mean, that, that's about as much of an indicator as I need to know that, mm -hmm. you know, to, to a very large degree, uh, the remote work trend is here to stay. Yep, yep. Um, so let's talk about that. Technology versus relationship. You know, over the last few years, and especially through the pandemic, there's been a lot of different, um, there's been a lot of buzz around technology, and also there's been a lot of concern, agents concerned with technology, you know, putting us out of business, if you will. So yeah. what are your thoughts on, tech versus relationship, or just in general technology as, as it relates to real estate agents today? Yeah, so I'm not a tech person. Uh, and remember, I was isolated. I was lonely. Uh, I'm a 99% 99i, uh, right, on the, on the disk. So I need to be around people to get energy. I need to be around people to be happy. Um, and so I, I think the relationships absolutely come first. And the question for me becomes, how can you use technology to strengthen or build or initiate new relationships? And I think that's what we've been able to do. You know, there are probably two reasons why we've had whatever success we've had. One is that our agents are the shareholders, and that just creates a whole different relationship between the agent and the broker. Uh, but the other is we've been able to build community, and we're doing it across borders, and we're doing it at a time where people can't travel. I mean, we've opened 14 countries during the pandemic, and we've never once gotten on a plane and gone to interview anybody. Mm -hmm. um, and to, to do that, you need to have that connection, right? So our campus, and I won't, I won't go into it, but I mean, you know, you, we've got soccer fields, we've got a pirate ship, we've got speed boats, we've got, you know, your, your staterooms, you've got your uh, sales meetings in there. We're doing about 100 hours of live instruction uh, each and every day. Um, you know, there's, there's just a lot of change. There's regulatory change, there's technological change, uh, and I think agents are really going to have to work hard to keep up with it. Uh, I think, you know, you've got whole different generational elements that are coming into play, and uh, happy to speak on that too. But. So one of the things I, uh, I heard in that is staying connected to what's happening in the industry is easier to do and something we should be doing on a regular basis. Well, I, I, I think so. I mean, I, and I think, if you don't mind, I mean, when we, Steve, Steve moved his, his trainings to Zoom, right? They started doing them every day for an hour, and attendance started to grow. And, you know, you could, you could argue that maybe there's more cohesion, more relationship building, you know, more culture going on there. That's how we tend to view it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we, can, we can do 100 hours of live instruction with one university director across all these markets because everything is in the cloud, right? And so there's savings that come with that, and those savings are what we take and put it back into the agent uh, through the business model and, and other opportunities. Thank you. What are your thoughts on um, Zillow, particularly right now? A lot of agents are, you know, on one hand, it's still the number one place that consumers are going, and there's a lot of leads through Zillow. A lot of agents here buy Zillow leads. We buy Zillow leads. Yep. A lot of agents think that Zillow's gonna put us out of business, or maybe they are putting us out of business. What is your opinion on that? Uh, I, don't, I don't think so anytime soon. I mean, clear, you know, clearly, uh, you know, the early days of the relationship, you know, sort of like a, a wolf in sheep's clothing, you know, you give them the data and then they come back and they charge you for it. I mean, everybody knows about that. That's done, it's, it's happened, and now they're a brokerage, and now that they can, you know, subscribe to data feeds themselves. So everybody has access to the same data. There's no value in that, that statement anymore. Is that what you're saying? Um, in other words, the, the, stop giving them your information because yeah, that doesn't really do doesn't it. really get you there anymore, right? Uh, but I, I think what you what we need to look at probably are you know what is it that Zillow has done well 
to meet the needs of agents and to meet the needs of buyers and sellers. I mean, like Q3 of last year, I think I read there were more than 200 million visitors to Zillow sites. I mean, so they've clearly got, you know, brand uh, uh, domination, and they can leverage that into brokerage operations. Uh, and, you know, they're doing that now with their, their own deals. Uh, I think, you know, the, the thing for me with Zillow is, you know, I've, I've been to conferences, others have too, I'm sure, where, you know, leadership at the top says to you, we have no interest in being a brokerage. And then the next thing you know, you know, so just, you know, state your intentions and state them pretty clearly. I, I think uh, overall, though, I mean, Zillow has helped a lot of people be in business, get into the business, do well in the business, and I think that's to be commended. I think if uh, brokerages want to continue to be relevant, uh, then they need to start competing where Zillow is strong, and that's on search. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, we, we've tried. Uh, we, you know, we, we've launched a lead program uh, back in 2015 because we could get the co effective cost per lead down about 75% relative to Zillow. Uh, we could make sure that agents weren't, you know, racing to the phone to try and get a lead before somebody else. Um, and then, you know, we acquired Showcase IDX last year. So we still think there's a lot of room in search uh, for improvement, but I think that's where we gotta, that's where we gotta go if we wanna Good. be equals. Yep, thank you for that. Um, Jason, what do you think will change in the industry in the next two to three years in a major way? Yeah, I, I Specifically think, the real estate agent, not necessarily the brokerage yeah. industry. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm saying this objectively and, and unbiased. I really think that there's going to be a widening chasm between, you know, your tech agents, right, and, uh, and those who are just, you know, strictly traditional. Now, the traditional, you know, they'll have websites, they'll have digital resources, but I think what's going to happen is you're going to see that, that, you know, the costs of, of, you know, putting tech in the hands of your agents while at the same time maintaining some of the more permanent fixed costs, like you know, brick and mortar and office. I mean, all of that stuff has to be paid for, and the money's got to come from somewhere. And I think you know, brokerages are, are going to you know feel increasing uh, pressure, whether that's fee-for-service models, iBuyers, 100% uh, shops, um, and uh, so um, uh, you know, I think that the good news for agents. You know, we, we co-authored a study with uh, Jason Dorsey just earlier this year, uh, the Center for Generational Kinetics. And, you know, we surveyed about 2,000 people across different demographics, different uh, geographies, uh, different generations. And it, it was really fascinating. I, you know, I think the pandemic, um, I may be a little fuzzy on the numbers, but I think the pandemic, uh, you know, respondents said that they were 73% more likely to buy a house now after the pandemic than they were before, right? This idea of home ownership becomes all the more important. Uh, I think 84% um, of younger millennials and like 90% of older millennials think it's really important to have an agent, but at the same time, a majority uh, are fine having you know, all their communications online. So it's really, you know, it's kind of interesting. I mean, I think, I think consumers are gonna start asking increasingly about, you know, what are, what's your tech plan? What are, what are your tech resources? How are you gonna employ tech to market? Yep. Um, and, and so I think it's really encouraging. No matter, no matter how easy the communication is, no matter how great the tech is, uh, even among Generation Z and the millennials, uh, they still want an agent. And I think that's gonna continue to be true. Yep, yep, love that, thank you. Last question I have for you, Jason. Um, you're a real estate agent in the audience today. What can we do to compete at a higher level? Yeah. Compete at a higher level for the listing, compete at a higher level for the lead. Yeah, I, uh, uh, well, uh, service always, right, foundationally. Um, but I, I think, you know, for me, and maybe I, I sort of look inward and I say, what are my most glaring weaknesses? And one of them certainly is systems. I'm a very disorganized person. Uh, it's amazing I'm wearing the same socks. I mean, they don't do well up here, but the, um, so I think if you have systems, I mean, the people that I watch do really well at eXp uh, with consumers, with other agents, uh, it's because they have systems in place that allow them really to, you know, focus on strategy. And, and, and so that, that would be where I would go. I would say have a coach. I would say immerse yourself in communities where you're gonna learn from other people, not just people in your own market, but people in other markets. I think the university probably is phenomenal for that, right? But I mean, you know, what are, what are people doing in, in Palm Beach with condos where they can't put a yard sign out? Well, let's ask somebody, you know, in Traverse City, because they may have the same predicament, right? So I think the more you can immerse yourself around others and not go it alone, uh, I think that's great. I think that uh, you know the, the trend towards remote work is probably, in my opinion, going to uh, result in an increase in relocation uh, business. Yep. So you know maybe prepare yourself for that. Try to go to where the business is going to be. Um, we've we've started putting an REO division together, but you know I, I I tend to think that even with rates going up, there's such a shortage of homes that yeah. I don't know that we're going to be that's going to remain low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So.
Awesome. A lot of good nuggets in there. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. All right. Shifting gears. Mark King. Yes, sir. Take it away. Before real estate, what'd you do? <clears throat> Lead us through the journey uh, to today. Uh, thank you. Thank you for uh, inviting me. And by the way, those are all great answers. I'm so excited that uh, we have an environment that we can talk this openly. Yeah. And it's not about the company. I'm going to sit there right there. Yep, I got it. It's not about the company. It's about what's going on, what's best for the agent. I think all four of us believe that that's what's, that's what's important. So I started out as a real estate agent. I'm very proud to be one. I was a listing agent. I took systems and models that I learned from Gary Keller and built one of the top 100 teams in the country. Uh, back when 245 units was a lot. Uh, we were number 67 in the country, right? Today that wouldn't crack the top thousand, which is super <laughs> exciting for where our, our industry's gone, Absolutely. right? When I started in real estate, the average split in my market was 60-40. That was all the 50-50s and all the 70-30s combined. Yep. And if you look at what's happened over the last 20 years, the agent has won. Mm -hmm. Because I think Keller Williams has put a lot of pressure on the brokerage model to help agents succeed at a higher level. We have a you know, higher number of agents per office, et cetera. So, Long story short is uh, I got into to real estate because I wanted to get out of corporate America. And look where I'm at now. <laughs> just yep. kidding. It's not that corporate. But yeah. at the end of the day, I worked at Sprint. I was doing technical recruiting, et cetera. And I just loved real estate. I wasn't born on a closing table. I don't know where I was conceived, but it was somewhere at an open house. You mean you haven't, you haven't researched that Probably yet? northern Michigan, yeah. So, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, I, that led to opportunities to run brokerages. And what I found as a, as a realtor back then, and I didn't know it was coming, is my business started to feel more and more transactional. Mm -hmm. And I love people. This event, I, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. Not like you, I, I want to get up and dance around because I haven't been around people. It's my first flight since the pandemic hit. Yeah. Right? Well, so thank I'm you so for taking a chance. No, I thank you yeah. for inviting. So long story short is I, I had the opportunity to run several offices, um, had up to 15 offices at one time. Then I got to run some regions and, and some, a lot of other things along the way. And the number one thing that I would say about my career, uh, when, when I say if anybody, if, if I can do it, anybody can do it, it's you have to fail forward and not be afraid of making a fool out of yourself. And uh, a lot of us care more about what other people think than we probably should. And mm -hmm. I've just made a lot of mistakes always on that path of trying to get better and trying to help others. Yeah. And, I, and I believe in the real estate agent. We're going to talk a lot about that. I, I, I'm passionate. I'm going to go a little bit different direction because these guys have answered so well. But I, I think uh, this moment in time, the one word I would use to describe it is frothy. Frothy. It's frothy. The, the stock market is frothy. There's irrational capital everywhere. They, the last class I taught in a, in a local office was 2018, and it was called Someone Has to Sell a Damn House. Yep. yep. Because the minute we get in this business, we start looking for other ways to make money, or we build a team, and then they'll, we'll make money from their sales, or we'll start a brokerage, we'll make money from their sales, or we'll start coaching. And yep. I did all these things, by the way. <laughs> Um, and if you look at the environment for the real estate agent today, it's fascinating. It's, it's awesome. What, what the companies of today have done is created a platform where real estate agents can literally make millions of dollars a year. That, is, that has happened in the last 10 years. And I credit EXP. I credit Keller Williams. I credit Berkshire Hathaway. I credit all those forward-thinking companies that are putting the agent first and creating more opportunities. We have an agent who last year net profit which we don't like to talk about a lot in this industry, was $14 million. Mm -hmm. It's huge. That was more than the number four real estate company on the planet last year. Yep. That's, a, that's a huge number. For, that came from a real estate agent, and that's what I'm so passionate about is, is that uh, the agent is important. The agent is the fiduciary. And I'll let you go with the next questions for you. No, no, no. Those. You're good. Yep. Nope. Yeah. Thank you for that. So speaking of that, let's yeah. talk about your thoughts on the current state of the industry. Uh, what, are, what are you concerned about? What are you paying attention to? So, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of the mid-2000s, and with irrational capital comes irrational decision-making in a lot of cases. But we are now in the longest economic expansion since the Civil War. And not to be the black hat in the room, but we're going to have to pay that tab at some point. Yeah. You know, 18% appreciation per year doesn't, if you know compound interest, that's not, that's not going to work out well. Right. The average sales price is going to be about $10 million in 20 yep. years if you do yep. that math. And so at the end of the day, uh, I think the industry is fascinating. And I think uh, I agree with what Sandra said is that the people who are prepared are going to thrive. You already see the top agents doing more business today, mm -hmm. right? They're, they're doing an unusually higher percentage of the increase in business. And that's, yep. a, that's a testament to their listing focus, is a testament to their relationships, et cetera. Yep. Love yeah. that. So let's, let's talk about relationship versus tech a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of buzz in the industry. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of buzz at KW about the technology and, yeah. and how it's going to be, you know, the best and put agents in head, uh, yeah. ahead of the competition. 
What are your personal thoughts on technology versus relationship and kind of tying the two together? Yeah, I love relationships. I'm a relationship person. I agree with what everyone up here said, and that is the, the realtors who have strong relationships shouldn't be worried about technology. In fact, technology should not replace the relationship. It should enhance it. But at the end of the day, the reason why Zillow exists is because the 1.5 million realtors haven't made great relationships with the 200 million adults in the United States. That's yeah. 133 per realtor. If you went out, and by the way, 60 of those are married, so there's 70 people you have to have great relationships with, and if each of us did that, there would be no need, sure. right? Yep. And, and we can get into search and all those other things. Mm -hmm. But that's, I, I'm, I'm not mad at Zillow. I don't think uh, Zillow's gonna put us out of business. I think what they've done is uh, truly remarkable to create that market cap with with basically what we as realtors had. Right? Yep. They basically took our idea, yep. we sold realtor.com, they turned it into $50 billion. Poof, magic. Yep. It's amazing. But at the end of the day, uh, I don't think that search, especially right now, I don't think when, when one site doesn't have all the data, I don't think you should fear it. Yeah. I do think you should fear uh, some legislation and some things the government's doing and, and where we might be headed there and some other things. But uh, but those are more conspiracy theorists yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 So um, when we talk about the pandemic and how it's changed the yeah. industry, what did you see and, and what do you see not going back to the way it was? In your opinion, how has the pandemic changed the real estate industry? Yeah, this is a great question. So number one, uh, it's, it's not just pandemic, right? We had social unrest. We had yeah, the murder there of you George go. Floyd. We had you know all of these things. How that, did 2020 change the Oh industry? my How's gosh, that? yeah. No, so it's, it's fascinating, right? Mm -hmm. I think we knew, and, and, and inside the halls at KWRI, you'll hear Gary talking about the future of where we're going. And, and I, I believe that we're all going to meet in the middle as brokerages. And what I mean by that is, uh, you, you saw the kind of traditional broker model of big offices, oak desks, oak doors, right? Big giant yeah. square footage. Yep. And, and that model's kind of going away. And we've seen this for the 20 years I've been at Keller Williams, we've seen less and less people use office space, mm -hmm. right? That's why I have a cherry desk now. There you go. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, so, and then EXP comes along and proves that you can operate without physical space, yeah. right? And they can reallocate the money that people would spend on space and do revenue, revenue share and all those things. And I think the future of the industry is we're all going to meet in the middle. I think what you see with some of the top teams, some of my friends at eXp are, are now going back and getting office space, right? And I think you're going to see at Keller Williams, you're going to see square footage get smaller. You're yep. going to see more independence, more, uh, you know, less boundaries, mm -hmm. you know, more expansion. I think we've, we've only just begun to see what's possible for real estate agents, by the way. You know, in, when I started, I remember being that, that newbie that saw the million dollar lapel club yeah. pin. Uh -huh. And I, I know you all know it's coming, but I thought I too could make a million dollars in real estate, not knowing that that was their closed the volume. volume. That was a yeah. big deal. <laughs> yes. That means yeah. you made, yeah. if you were lucky, you made 15 grand that year, right? Yeah, that, was right. A, that was a good year. But today we have, you know, we've taken people from there. Well, no, then it became multi-million. Well, right, oh. oh now you sell two, two and a half million. Two million. <laughs> but then from there, now you, there's this little red book called The Millionaire Real Estate Agent where there's systems and models and tools and page 273 shows you the org chart of how I can go grill, you know, build this amazing business. Yep. And from there now I can leave my hometown and take my systems and models because I know the competitors are not putting them into place and I can go across the country and now I can build a as big a company as I choose to from the real estate agency. From the re real estate agency. Yep. yep, it's huge. Which didn't exist 10 years ago. It didn't, it's, yep. it's crazy. So I think that's where we're all headed. I think we're headed to a much bigger opportunity for real estate agents. I think everyone in this room should be ecstatic about where we are and where we're going and understand that the market's gonna shift. And when it does, everyone in this room has an advantage. Oh, big time. Yeah. I mean, we're, we talk constantly about how we can't wait for the market to be I know. soft because the value of a yep. realtor increases, Yep. right? The for consumers sure. need us more, they value us more. Yep. There's more for sell by owner opportunities, there's more expired well, opportunities. And on that note, if, if you'll allow me to go, go to for this funny trail. So I think what's happening right now is, it, we talk a lot about a disintermediation and technology and all those things, but really what's happening is the agent is viewed as one of two ways. You're either a fiduciary that matters, you're the center of the transaction, you're the professional, you're helping your clients walk through the most complex, most expensive transaction of their life, or you're viewed as an Uber driver who unlocks a door. And I think those who would want to put us out of business, and I think those who put $10 billion a year into prop tech companies right now are aiming for that margin of profit from the real estate agent. That's why we teach wealth building. That's why we teach business models because the agent's profit margins are shrinking. The average commission shrinking, the brokerage charge is yep. shrinking. And I think if the, the, the last thing on that subject is 
we are only as good as the average among us in terms of our value to our clients. The consumer is going to win. If you think about really quick, you think I'm, I'm getting older. No, you're good. And you think about when um, in the early days when I would order pizza and I would, couldn't wait for my pizza and I would call Pizza Hut and say, where's my pizza, right? And how many of you have called Pizza Hut or Domino's or anyone asking where your pizza? It doesn't exist today. Why? Because there's technology in a pizza tracker that shows you, I just went in the oven, it's on its way, here comes yep. your delicious pizza. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, ordering a pizza is easier than searching for a house online right now. Yeah. That shouldn't scare anyone, but what we do need to do, and I think someone said it, is we need to understand what they're doing that's good and we need to emulate that and replace that. Again, it's relationship and then the enhancement yeah. of that technology. Well, and you're seeing the mortgage industry do that, yeah. right? You're seeing different mortgage companies implement things to where they can track their loan yeah. through the app, right? Well, let's talk about mortgage. Can we talk about mortgage? Sure, yeah. And, um, and congratulations, Sandra. That's a huge bank. I think the, uh, the mortgage is a tricky business, right? And I think the thinking behind every big real estate company is we're just going to start a mortgage company and we're going to be able to make more money that way. We're going to right, do all those things. If you look at what's actually happening in the industry, there's this bundling going on. The consumer's always going to get what they want. The consumer's always going to win. And right now, the traditional way of bundling, I did it with my own offices, is I have a loan officer in the building, I have a title company next door, my insurance guy's down the road, and we're a one-stop shop. And for convenience, I'm going to bundle all these services. The problem is the consumer's going to pay full price for all those things. And if you look at the kind of the traditional way of bundling, the, the consumer looks up and they go, wait a minute, Zillow just put out this big ad yeah. that I can bundle my iBuying, my mortgage, my title, and I can do it all for much less. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll look at that, right? Yep. So if you look at what we're working on right now at Keller Williams is how do we protect the agent, protect that commission, keep them as the center of the transaction making the money, and how do we give away the mortgage? How, do, how does the consumer win and the agent win? Because that's the model no one's cracked yet. So they're, they're left with no choice but to use one of your agents because of the savings on you would hope so. something yeah. else. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, talk to me about your thoughts on um, the industry in terms of what we should be concerned about right now. Uh, anything that, that you're keeping an eye on that's keeping you up at night or have, has you a little concerned or, or something that needs addressing in the near future? Yeah, I think the, the concern, if you, if you have been on a, a, in a transaction with someone who didn't know what they were doing, you, you feel the pain of the entire industry right now. What that means is that I think there's a burden on us to get better. We have to know more about more. We have to accelerate our local uh, knowledge of the, of the market. We have to understand what's actually going on in our, our local marketplace. And it's, it's no longer... I just have a great relationship. We play golf once a week. I can show you houses and I can yep. be your realtor. You have to be better than that. Why? Because the consumer has access to more knowledge and more data and more information than they've ever had before. Yeah. And what's happening is our secret weapon used to be the MLS or the books before that, right? Mm -hmm. We had all the secret data. And so if you wanted to buy a house, you had to use us. Yep. That doesn't exist anymore. So we've got to elevate our level of expertise. And I see a lot of, of companies not keeping their focus in, on training and so what that does is, again, the, the average experience a consumer gets from the average agent is how we're all judged. Yep. You can be the most amazing customer service oriented agent mm -hmm. with the 32-step process mm -hmm. where everybody leaves a closing with you thinking that was unbelievable and unreal. Yeah. And if I'm an agent down the road giving a different experience, one not as credible, yep. then what happens is a consumer views a realtor the same the way, same. Mm -hmm. right? And that's, that's a challenge for us. So I think what we should be concerned about is the highest number of real estate agents in the industry and what, I, what I'm going to call the lowest level of engaged training that I've seen in this industry. Interesting. Yeah. Which leads to poor experiences for the clients. I hope not, but in right now, it's, it's covered up. Right yeah. now, average days on market is... Right. doesn't matter seconds. what the agent it's, does. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and so I think as the market shifts, that's when you see... You know, the, the conversations about price reductions. All. The value matters. You said it earlier. When the market shifts, everyone in this room's market share goes through the roof. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Talk to us your opinion on Zillow a little bit. You know, obviously, we've got a couple different schools of thought on yeah. it. A lot of agents are using it to help them grow their business. A lot of agents are fearful. Yeah. What is, what is your opinion on that? So I have a friend who's a single mom who got into this business to get out of a bad relationship, and she bought Zillow Leads and has built a phenomenal business. She makes $200,000 a year net today using Zillow. I'm never going to judge Zillow for doing what it's done for, for those human beings. The only issue I really have with Zillow is what you said, and that's be authentic. Just tell us who you are, yeah. right? It, the, yeah. the quote was, we were, we're a baby elephant, we're invited over to dinner, we're going to eat so much that we can't be kicked out of the house. That was a direct quote. 
So by the way, and let's jump into this a little bit, Zillow is a continuation of Netflix and Expedia. Mm -hmm. Same guy, Rich Barton, right? And I, I don't know him, I haven't met him, so I, I don't, I'm not gonna be critical of him. And by the way, he's built several billions, we would all call him successful. Yep. What he was successful at doing with Expedia and proving in the 90s that the travel agent was a functionary to most of us. Think about this, if you were, a, if you were ordering travel, and many of us probably did back then, and you wanted to know about Hawaii, there wasn't an interweb to teach you all the things about Hawaii. You needed a travel agent, had secret connections, That's secret right. deals, whatever. Mm -hmm. But the internet changed that, and so now we can all go look at all we want about Hawaii. So Expedia comes along and dramatically changes the travel agent industry. Then LegalZoom comes along and attempts to do the same thing for, for lawyers. Mm -hmm. And what happened is lawyers got emboldened and lawyers actually became more successful and became seen as more of a fiduciary. And the, the jury is out. The question is, are real estate agents gonna be viewed more like travel agents or lawyers in the future? I am betting on the fact that we're gonna be the fiduciary. And we're all betting on that. They, you cannot buy a house on an iPad. I don't care what you say. You have to have a human, if you wanna have a good experience. That's right. Yep. 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 Couple more questions. Um, Two, three years from now, when we look further down the line yeah. with the real estate industry, we know what's happening today yep. and, and what we should be addressing and what we should be doing. And, and you've heard from all these guys yeah. on things we should be paying attention to. What about two to three years from now? What do you see changing dramatically two to three years from now? Yeah, I, I don't want to predict. I, I know that we have a correction coming. You have to have a correction to then have another cycle. Mm -hmm. And so the correction's coming. What does that mean? It, it, I don't know if it's going to be 2008. I don't think so. I don't sure. think we see any evidence that it's yeah. going to be 2008 again. But I do think we're going to see a correction. I, see, I think you're going to see buyers that say, put their hands up and say, stop, no more. I don't want to do this. I think you'll see interest rates go up, but I don't think it'll be more than a point or two at, at, at best. But I do think that there's, uh, there's a lot of frothiness today that I think over time will be revealed. Mm -hmm. And I think that stock market, I think it's the real estate industry. Again, remember, someone has to sell the damn house. Yeah. And the more you focus on your craft and your objection handlers, your scripts and dialogues, getting into great relationships, the more you're gonna be better suited for any market that comes. Um, I, what, what I'm fearful of is the, the, the businesses that have been built on the back of Zillow or have been built on the back of something other than relationships and or building a, building a strong database, marketing to it, and being that local you know, economist of choice. I think that's, that's what's coming. And I don't know how good, how bad it'll be. I think 1.5 million realtors is probably unsustainable, yeah. at least Too until high. the population catches up. And when you study, here's the other crazy thing. So we have 200 million adults, 25 to as high as it goes. Sure. And so when you think about the size of that, what do you predict is gonna happen down the road with our population? Well, it's likely going to increase, right? right? So as you think about the homes, you think about supply, you think about the cost of lumber, you think about the fact that we haven't built enough homes, there's a 10 year need right now. Mm -hmm. So it's crazy to say this, but it could be that the next 10 years are better than the last 10, which would be unheard of. The Dow Jones is up 500% since 2009. Yep. That's unheard of, right? So that's all good things coming. Yes, love that. Yeah. I, I think everyone's okay with that. <laughs> but but Sa Sandra's brilliant, right? What if it doesn't? Be prepared either way, I love that. Yep. yep. Bonus question for you. Oh. Uh, now that you've had a chance to spend some time in your role, yeah. uh, specifically with Gary, who yeah. what, doesn't matter what company you're with, yeah. I mean, all of us in this room can say Gary Keller has impacted the industry yeah. or us as an individual one yeah. way or another. Yeah. Um, what, what, would, what would you say is the, the best takeaway or the number one thing that you've learned from him through the years or recently? I love that. So working with Gary is what I imagine working with Steve Jobs at Apple was like, although Gary's a super kind, generous human being, I've heard different of Steve, but, uh, but I don't wanna judge him. But the, the visionary, and I'll tell you, I have sometimes leadership whiplash because Gary will think out loud and I'm an implementer, I wanna go get things done, I'm competitive, right? And so he'll say something out loud and the next thing you know it's in the cover of Inman and he'll say, where did this come from? And I'll say, oops. And so, uh, <laughs> but I told him when we were interviewing, I, I, I make mistakes and my mouth and my foot are the same size, just know that's gonna happen in the press, so it's all good. But yeah. I, I would say that I, I've learned a lot of things. I've learned a ton of humility. I mean, this man has, and I think we would all agree, has changed the real estate industry forever. It changed the way brokerages operated, the splits that agents make, the, the opportunities for agents. The whole profit share idea was revolutionary at the time. Starting a team was revolutionary at the time. Expansion was revolutionary at the time. Yeah. What we're announcing tomorrow is revolutionary for its time. 
Uh, we'll just move on past that. But then um, I think the one thing that I would say about Gary Keller, he's consistent. He's working harder than any of us right now. He's probably texting me right now. And it's just an absolute joy. And I'm working to keep up. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Let's hear it for these guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you for taking your time to join Jeff today on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast. To get started on having an unreal business, take the real estate self-assessment. After you complete the assessment, a member of Glover U will get on a call with you to create an action plan to improve your score. Go to www.gloveru.com self. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Search for Live Unreal with Glover U on iTunes, Podbean, or Spotify and subscribe today. Until next time.